All right, we're back. America calls Anthony Black and also Anthony Brown, which leaves a fool as the guy in the confusing middle. We're brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. And either one of you gentlemen who's singing right now, that'd be great. Uh, we're trying to, <laughs> trying to ramp up our entertainment. Welcome back, everyone. This is going to be, we're in for a treat today. We have two special guests. Um, I'm going to lay the groundwork for this. Uh, first of all, this, this we're kind of... Uh, replicating a conversation we had in my I Teach Adventure class at Fordham, Gabelli School of Business, MBAs, Media Management, uh, exec, um, graduate students. And Matthew Brimo was one of my students, one of my star students, and he one day went to a conference, I think was it D.C.? must have been D.C., right? It was in D.C., Yeah, correct. so yeah. Matthew came back and said, hey, would you want to speak to anyone from Pickleball? I'm like, yeah, because uh, there was a gentleman from, well, Adam, who you're going to meet in a moment, and then the other gentleman from lacrosse who used to be a player, the dude with the beard, um, the big lacrosse guy who's launching his own league. And, we, we, you know, both of those guys were – we were talking back and forth. And Adam happens to be in New York. And it was Adam, – Adam Banky, CEO of DC Pickleball. So I have to say one thing. When Adam came in, so Matthew introduced us. He brought him into class. We had like seven, eight speakers. I was trying to get more sports-centric folks. We had people from across the gamut, venture folks, sports folks, media, film folks, anyone that was doing some sort of thing in the venture model. When Matthew brought up Adam – it was a no-brainer, so we brought him in, and it, I'll, I'm gonna say, Adam, to you, uh, you don't know this, but yours and another guy were like the top two rated sessions. Like you, Adam Benke, like was a rock star, showed up, just knocked it out. Speaks faster than I do, which I love. And then there's another Shahid Khan, was the other one, like the second speaker in the room. I'm sorry, I should, in case all the other speakers, like you all were awesome. Everyone loved you all, but like you know, this, these kept coming back. Like, hey, make sure you have them back again. I'm like, of course. And all the speakers should be coming back. They're, they're great. But it was an awesome conversation. We really dug deep into pickleball. Pickleball is this enigma that's kind of, it's been around for 60 years. Uh, but it's really started taking off. And it's the third, for the third year in a row, it's the fastest growing sport. And Adam will more, elaborate more on that in a moment. But let's, let's, let's talk more. Let's let, introduce our gentlemen first. Just let them give us a brief intro into their background, their, what they're up to. And then we'll jump right into the conversation. So, Matthew, why don't you go first, if you don't mind. All right. What's up, everyone? My name is Matt Brimo. Um, Atul, as he mentioned, was my professor this last semester at Fordham University. Um, I actually just graduated from my MBA program this past May. Um, so I'm looking for different opportunities. I've been inter interviewing with commercial real estate companies. Um, that's where my background is at. Uh, I met Adam at a sports conference. Um, that was in last um, February, I believe. Um, and I've, I've been kind of dabbling in sports and kind of trying to break into the sports industry. So that's why I attended this conference and throughout the industry um, or throughout the conference, um, they kept mentioning pickleball. Um, and lo and behold, uh, Adam Benke, the CEO of the DC pickleball team was one of the panelists, um, probably my favorite panel of the whole conference. Um, and it was just a no brainer for me to, you know, just approach him, um, kind of introduce myself and told him about the class that um, a tool is uh, running, and um, we have speakers who come in um, every 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 week, pretty much, or every other week or so. And you know, I wanted him to speak to our class and kind of enlighten us on the growing sport of pickleball, um, and kind of share his insights in the, in the league itself and the growing sport. Um, and he was gracious enough to to agree right away. Um, he he said yes like immediately. Which was um, such a breath of fresh air for me, um, you know, network, networking with all these um, people. 
Um, and I'm just super excited to be part of this. This is my first podcast, and I'm, it's an honor. Thank you for, for the invite, um, and I'm just looking forward to the discussion. Again, it's Dr. Peshar, but um, that's cool. <laughs> call me. It's a fool, by the way. Just throw a TH in there, a fool. Um, it's, it's all good. Gotcha. I've been called a lot worse from my wife. Uh, <laughs> and jump in there, Adam. Love it, Doctor. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, it, was, it was awesome meeting you and being at that conference. It's so cool to see it all come together here on the pod. Um, so pumped to talk about DC Pickleball team, Major League Pickleball, and everything that we've been doing from the ground up um, over the last six months. I can't believe it's been six months uh, since we launched the brand. It feels like it's been years. Um, but everybody's talking pickleball. Everybody's playing pickleball, it seems like. So I'm sure we will have a lot of exciting conversation and uh, around the sport. So looking forward to jumping in. Um, we just got back from our most recent tournament with Major League Pickleball um, in California. So plenty to talk about. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's awesome. They jumped quite a bit in the standees too. So that, that we'll, we'll talk about all of that. So this is, it's an exciting sport. Look, Adam knocked it out of the park when he came in and spoke to the class. Got a lot of feedback from everyone. And then when I posted about it on LinkedIn, I had a ton of feedback. Like, hey, can I just hop in your class next time you do something like this? And and I again, one of the top rated sessions of the semester Appreciate you coming by. What's the name of that conference, by the way? We should give them a shout out. We should. We um, University, uh, the Sync Conference. Sync Conference. Yeah. yeah okay. I actually have my um. Credentials. Yeah. yeah, I keep this around. That was one of the best experiences I've had, like in terms of attending conferences. Just it was amazing. Um, I think it's Sports Industry Networking Conference. Yeah. Is it affiliated so, with the government at all? Because like it's, it's uh, run by GW, oh, George Washington University. Gotcha. Okay, that's why. Gotcha. I'm gonna I'm gonna head down there next time next year. That'll be dope. Let's see what else they're up to. Because uh, we probably feed them a lot. All right, great. Let's get into it. So pickleball, fastest growing sport for the third year in a row, as we mentioned. It's a cross of, and you know, we're gonna Adam's gonna clean up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some. I'm gonna throw a lot of darts out there. He's gonna come and clean it all up because he's he's the expert, obviously. It's a cross of tennis, ping pong, badminton, as we can all say. It's about a third the size of a regular tennis court. And the cool thing about it, well, and depending on what side of the fence you're on, you're hearing like even hotel chains are getting tons of requests to, hey, can you switch up the uh, tennis courts to pickleball? Yeah, there's not even much. I guess the net is higher in pickleball. Is that it? Um, so that's the only thing that needs to be changed. You can just put lines if you really wanted uh, on the tennis court. So there, it could be, you know, accessible to everyone who needs it. Uh, so that that's the thing. Um, and then for a while, this number may have changed. There were like 20, 30 new courts popping up across America every month and it's probably you know expanded from that is 10x that probably by, by now new york city has a bunch in central park that they mm-hmm. are that are going up or they're already up i think right and i know there's like people on both sides of the fence there too but you know that now they have their own separate pickleball you know focused courts and then so they don't jump on um the tennis courts could be their tennis court people. Uh, and the cool thing is it's accessible to every age group, right? Because there's holes in the ball, so it kind of slows it down. So it's not like crazy ping pong where you're hitting with a big ball and you're that close to each other uh, and big people <laughs> staring face to face. So it makes it accessible. Adam even shared that I think his grandfather played this sport um, for a while and he was excited about having you in the sport. Um, I love it because, look, as a venture guy, you know, it came across my table. I share this with both of you. It came across our table 18 months ago. I did not jump in at the time because I didn't, not that I didn't want to, just there's, you can only invest in so much and didn't understand it. But all I'm saying, I think a going team is for like roughly four, five, six mil now. Let's call it five mil. It may be more. Okay. It was a fraction of that uh, when, when I looked at it. It was about, I would say 20, 25% of that at the time. And it's, it, hey, 
I'm still interested in my look into one. I think the latest expansion team was which one? Uh, yeah, Dude Perfect jumped in most recently at five. Oh, really? On the, oh, yeah, the Jersey one? So the uh, there's a Frisco Clean Cause there out of um, Texas. And okay. so our friends over at Dude Perfect were the most recent to join the star-studded ownership groups of Major League Pickleball. And the founder of it's in that. The founder of MLP is in that deal, right? Isn't he? Because I found some quote about it. He so he is at the league level. All teams have uh, stake both in the league and and the teams itself. Um, and not only did Dude Perfect join that group, they also brought in uh, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Oh damn! Wow. Okay, all right. You know what? This is you can tell that I don't run point here usually. Um, let's talk about the whiskey very quickly. Just be, give a brief mention. We're going to sip it all podcast, and at the very end, right before the shit you should know section, we're going to you know give our reviews of the liquor. So, what are you drinking? Let's jump jump with you, Adam. What are you doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm rocking a local Brooklyn uh, Widow Jane Ten Year Straight okay. Bourbon. Um, it's it's delicious, smooth, and uh, a little sweet. Nice. How about you? I'm rocking the Nikko whiskey from Japan. Ooh, this guy. Single malt, malt yoichi. This was a gift for my graduation. So yeah. you can tell. You just admit it. You're rich. You went and bought it. I get it. Right. I am not. No, <laughs> I swear to God, it was a, it was a gift and um, a very special one. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Brought it out for for this special podcast. I appreciate. It. And I want you to share those stories at the end, like as you're sipping it. And I I do want to say, like you know, um, Adam and I are drinking by the glass. Matthew, my mm-hmm. student, prefers the bottle, so I get it. Uh, don't waste time. I like it. <laughs> Let's jump into. So I, the reason I, I and I, I remember posting about this, and I was I think I'm writing a p- quick paper on this too about pickleball because I'm I'm excited about this sport. I'll be honest, and then we're going to hand it off to Adam and Matthew here. Uh, you know, there's an ambitious founder, Stephen Kuhn, behind it. Who had, you know, hedge fund guy for a long time. I think around 2015, 16, jumped into this space. Um, I think he was involved with like a water bottling company as well. And then some of that land was converted into this dreamland or dream something. And then they have a lot of courts there as well for a lot of different things. So I think that's that's what I know about him. But he seems like a pretty eccentric guy and a lot of, you know, pretty inclusive guy too. So he's a very, he's an idealist in a sort, in a, in a sense. And he, the sport kind of mimics that as well. You know, you have genders, both genders playing, getting equally paid, very inclusive that way and from the get go. So, and it looks like, in, you know, you know, it's pretty exciting to see that they're kind of taking all the best things from every sport and maybe some things that some things some sports are maybe lacking and they're just kind of correcting them from the from ground zero which is awesome uh, and it looks like you know i remember from our previous conversation before i handed off like grassroots campaigns around building community around these teams and all that and let's get into these exciting numbers 40 percent kager right for this sport versus rev- like roughly five six seven percent for regular sports industry Globally, which that's impressive. That's incredibly impressive. Five, six X, six, seven X almost of the, the entire sports industry. You have superstar backers, investors, Tom Brady, LeBron getting swept, James, Naomi Osaka, Gary V. I have to throw that LeBron dig. I don't care. LeBron's great. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes getting swept, man. He's like, Janet is his best friend. And so and then you have uh, Kevin Durant's in there, Mark Cuban. And, and they said celebrity and, and endorsers as well. George Clooney, does that mean under Casamigas or something? Or he's coming in himself? You can explain that later, Adam. But let's get into it. Let's, let's hand it off to the experts. All right, um, Adam, take this away. Give us a bit of your background. Because I remember you were in... You were in Soccer, uh, right? Yeah. Right. Get into that whole thing because it was exciting for the students here and our yeah. Yeah. billions of listeners. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, always love talking in front of billions of people. It's one of my favorite things to do all the time. Um, this is uh, one of many, just just like you, Matthew. Um, but we are, um, you know, come from a background of sports. Um, you know, much like a lot of people, played my whole life, all kinds of different sports. Um, but started my career um, out of the deep city at the New York Yankees, um, handled a, a great book of business there of season ticket holders um, and worked my way through that organization. Really awesome people, um, incredible organization, one of the top in the world. Um, but really wanted to get my hands around something that was blank canvas and, and growing from ground up. So as we all know, industry is pretty small, tight knit. Um, one thing led to another and ended up in the DC area in 2018 to 2020 and was tasked with building a USL, United Soccer League soccer team from the ground up um, in Loudoun County, Leesburg, Virginia, about 45 minutes um, on a nice day of traffic, not a terrible one, um, outside of DC, west of the west of the city. And we built that stadium, 5,000 people, 5,000 seat attendance, um, their capacity, if you will, um, a 25-man roster from um, scratch uh, over a course of 16 months. It was an incredible experience. Uh, getting engaged with the community and building a from nothing um, really was just conceptual to start. And we went from A to Z all the way through in a matter of, of 16 months. Nothing more rewarding than that August 9th grand opening 2019, where 5,000 people showed up high-fiving each other, walking nice. into the gates. It was the first ever pro soccer stadium in their area. Nice. Um, the community really ra- rallied around it. Um, and it, that, it was at that moment that I really started to become um, fascinated with the building process of you know concept to execution, um, 2D to 3D and going from seeing those drawings and that work in the community to sitting in front of the architects and the engineers and seeing what a detail uh, mattered uh, all the way through then seeing those people actually enjoying a beer and uh, some some snacks and things like that in the stands with their swag and merch and flags and drums and everything to to the soccer That's match. Awesome. And um, that was something that really changed the, the outlook of my career and the trajectory of it because um, shortly thereafter, I decided to bounce back to New York City and join another group that was launching a USL soccer team called Queensborough FC um, and was working on that project for a matter of three years. And then most recently, the same folks that I worked with um, are managing partners with the DC Pickleball team. Um, and I decided to join forces uh, back again as as we are building the uh, the pickleball team from ground up. Um, so just like we all know, connections and knowing the right people and doing good work and just ultimately being a good person um, and doing right by others really worked out. And uh, here we are launching this pickleball team as of the top of this year um, and running full steam ahead, just like everybody is in the pickleball space. And, you know, as we get into this about how fast it's moving with the teams, the players, the facilities, the capital, um, all of it is moving at you know, 100 miles an hour. And it's just incredible to be a part of and see it from um, really ground up to wherever it is going. And, and right now it seems like sky's the limit. Uh, can, I, can I jump in, Athul? You don't have to raise um, your hand, man. You're not in class. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got to get used to this. Um, how, so what was your first impression on pickleball? Um, just curious. And how did that kind of your love for the sport grow from there, there on out? This is one of my favorite things about pickleball, and I think everybody, most everybody can relate to it at this point because it seems like pickleball is something that's talked about on a daily basis. Um, I feel like I can't go anywhere without it coming up. Um, The question really is, when did you first hear about it and what were your, your thoughts at that time? Um, most will laugh and tell a great story about how ridiculous they thought pickleball was, um, how silly they thought it was. Oh, this is just an old sport that they play at retirement homes. No big deal. Brush it off. 
And now you have then that next moment where you hear about it again and you're like, whoa, this is really something. I have heard about this beyond just retirement communities. My kids are playing it in maybe PE class. I hear that there's professional athletes making hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is on ESPN2 as recently as of Sunday night for the championship match. Um, this is talked about in every major uh, publication. You can't go a day without watching a, a news channel or seeing whether it's Forbes or Sports Illustrated or MSNBC or CNBC, um, Sportico, et cetera, talking about pickleball, um, what it means in the, uh, the hotel industry, the tourism industry, just in the sporting industry itself. It seems like it's crossing all sections of our society. Um, and so you have that almost like, oh, shit moment of, wow, this is way more real than I ever expected. And I, I, I can have, you know, I have a very similar story, you know, 10 years ago, as Ethel was mentioning, doctor said, um, grandpa was like, hey, you want to play uh, pickleball with me and the guys? Grandpa do like that. Last night, I don't even know what pickleball is, and it's just a sport, just laughing it off. And now, fast forward, and um, I'm you know, part owner of our team, operator of DC pickleball team, and just live, eat, breathe it every single day and, and awesome. see uh, incredible upside um, to the sport. And am an evangelist myself, spreading the word one person, one conversation at a time. Um, it's just one of those things that brings smiles to people's faces. Um, most recently, we were in uh, on Capitol Hill um, with some Congress members who are soon enough going to launch a pickleball caucus, um, which we're really excited to get involved in. And we heard, wow. just like I'm saying here, this is the bright spot of their day. You know, they don't have to talk tax abatements, policies, debt ceilings. They get to talk pickleball. Um, and that was, you know, for them, the, the brightest 15 to 30 minutes of their day. And you could tell um, cool. some of them really just wanted to stick around for longer. So um, for me, it's, it's really about bringing joy to the world and, and pumping more positivity into it than already exists through pickleball. Um, that's what makes this, what I think really makes this so sticky, so exciting, so interesting, um, and really just uh, uh, something that everybody wants to be a part of. And well, what's the aim for the caucus? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. We're working on it. Um, uh, the rollout is yet to happen. So, you know, sneak peek to our billions of listeners out there. Uh, I, I'm sure this will be on Twitter soon, but we're, we're really excited to see that come to fruition. Um, ultimately, out of the pure just interest and love of the game, um, the fact that it brings people together from all different walks of life, even on both sides. Uh, of yeah. Events. I love it. So caucuses, and then we're going to, we got lobbyists coming. So anyone who wants to apply for these roles, let's get in. I like it. Um, let's do, some, let's do some level setting as around the group that I would definitely want to get into the business models. I'm a finance nerd, as Matthew knows. Uh, let's, so there's three games that are played in these tournaments, right? So that's, you can explain this better. So first, the women's, so the cool thing is there's a male and female on each team. And then two, I'm sorry, two females and two males on each team. So four players. And then, Anywhere, any two, a combo of those two play at one time, right, against another team. So there's first, they it's the first to win three games in a round, and then you move on to the next round, right? So then first, it's kind of cool. That's what their Steve's doing. The whole entire league's doing. They're setting up very inclusively. Females play first against each other, and then the males play against each other in that match, and then the mixed doubles. And I guess they decide or they swap out in that third game. Like, how does it, how does it work? Andy, Adam, Adam, you tell us. <laughs> I love, that's what you're absolutely right in what you said earlier you know we kind of had had the luxury of looking at all the other sports entities and leagues come before us and we have an incredible opportunity with this blank canvas to really create our own narrative and drive the league structure and the guidelines and protocols and all of that in a way that is the most exclusive inclusive it's the most um, it, for media value for just entertainment purposes we have the ability to see what has worked what hasn't and then how we can then use all that information to best 
best create or create the best outcome for anybody and everybody touching the entire pickleball ecosystem. Um, the inclusivity side of it is my favorite. It's so unique um, to see in sport both men and women playing on a level playing field, um, and you see it happen across Major League Pickleball on a regular basis. Whether it's the two on two mixed doubles, or even as we get into this thing called the Dream Breaker, which is unique to uh, Major League Pickleball male female on either side and they you know go with whether it's the female sweeping the male 4-0 or them going 2-2 whatever it may be it is an even level playing field and that also scales across i think our rec um community that's playing there's 40 million people plus plus that is you know, continuing to raise across the country um there is just really this is like the great equalizer you know whether you're male female whether you're 75 years old or 27 years old there's really you know not that many advantages you know I, my grandpa was the first one to to take me in pickleball you know i was like oh i'm youthful he's old you know easy easy match i'm gonna win no problem he's running me around the court with the precision with the really? thinking with the nice. The finesse, and I'm over here just trying to hit the hell out of the ball. Uh, and, you know, just running me around like crazy. But um, yeah, the matches are set up in this way. So just like World Cup, this is another kind of tie into another sport. World Cup has the group stage play, and so you get assigned your group. Um, so we have Group A, Group B, Group C. We this time drew Orlando with the Brooklyn Aces and the Dallas Pickleball Club. Um, we then play round robin in the group stage to set up the, uh, the, the bracket play for the next day. So um, the, each match starts with the coin toss. The coin toss winner of the coin toss then gets to choose whether men's doubles or women's double goes first. Okay. Um, and this is a rule that actually changed from tournament one, two to three um, because of you know the, the fast moving nature of this. We're always open to ideas and trying to adjust to make that best outcome like I mentioned. And so we all collectively agreed in the competitive uh, committee to go ahead and move forward with this rule. And so you choose men or women first, and then whoever gets the reaction on the backside of um, the mixed double, you get to choose, and then the other team reacts as to who they're going to put out there. Um, So there's strategy that goes into it from the very beginning with Mm -hmm. your your, your top mix and your your second mix and who you're going to go up against. And so first match starts, rally scoring to 21, a very entertaining format because every point matters um, until you get to that 20 points or that 18 points where it freezes, and then you have to score on your serve. Um, but you know, we oftentimes, depending on who, you know, depending on who it would be, we know that we want to put either males or females first. Um, but it's all about what the other opponent is offering. So our strategy was different with Brooklyn, Orlando and Dallas. Mm. Um, unfortunately, but all those point tosses or their choices seem to go in our direction. So we came out of the gates, won the first, uh, the, the first match, which I, I should have mentioned is made up of those four games. Like you mentioned, doc, uh, men's doubles, <laughs> women's doubles mixed and mixed. Um, and each of those matches takes around 20 minutes or so. So it's really quick, really um, exciting, and you get to that end result for each of those games relatively quickly. Um, so you get that audience that's interested in seeing the men's come out, the women's come out, and then the mixed. And ultimately, it results in either a 3-1, a 3-1 outcome, a 2-2 outcome, or 4-0 sweep. If you do the 2-2 outcome, it then goes to a singles versus singles dream breaker, um, and that is best of 21, same rally scoring format. Um, but you only play, uh, each player plays four points and then you rotate. So we would choose to put out um, our best male, they'd put out their best female or vice versa. Um, And then after each of those four points, the next female or next male goes out and you rotate through until you get to 21. So we found ourselves in two dream breakers um, and ended up winning one of them and then losing the other. But we made it out of group play to advance to the group, to the, to the brackets um, and made a run through to the semifinals, which is the first in our team history, something to be really proud of. These players just put it all out on the line and had a great performance. That's dope. So the singles courts, are they smaller by any than the doubles? 
No. Same size. No, and that's what oh, okay. that's what's so fascinating to watch the court coverage of these athletes. You know, they're running back and forth. Um, and there's you know a lot of strategy that goes into it, the placement. It almost looks like mini tennis when you get to singles. Um, but there is still that the, the, the kitchen line and the non volley zone that you have to keep into account as well. It's as the kitchen we keep hearing about, right? You can't get within a few steps of once you're in the kitchen, you can't you have to be a few steps back from the net. You can never be right at the net, right? Is that a thing? Yeah, so it's seven feet off the net. Yeah. Um, you cannot step into the kitchen unless the ball bounces. So it's like a no volley zone. Um, you can jump over the kitchen and hit the ball out of the air. But okay. if you touch the kitchen line or you're in the kitchen, that's a foot fault. And the point goes to mm-hmm. the other team. It's dope, man. So, uh, Matthew, you got anything here? Others, I want to get into some money in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if I may just circle back to the growth yeah. aspect of the sport. Um, as you know, it's it's – the fastest growing sport in, in America. And we all have these celebrities who are investing in the sport. Um, how do you think um, Major League Pickleball and the sport itself can sustain that growth and kind of get to that next level of growth? Absolutely. Um, it's all about creating the the, eco, the the strength of the ecosystem and supporting it from the other layers of it right now. You see that we have the top layer, which is the professional level of athletes. So what comes next and how do you support the professional athlete, uh, the, the, the peak of that, that pyramid. You look at the rest of the sports ecosystem, look at soccer, prime example. You have all the different levels um, of soccer all the way down to that youth level that feed to then that top level. You look at football, basketball, you have the NCAA scholarships and the drafts and everybody coming from your high school AAU programs to then getting a full ride at um, you know a college university. And then from college, you get drafted to NFL or NBA. We're looking right now at setting up that exact same infrastructure and trying to make um, this as um, captivating as possible for the next generation of pickleball players. So right now um, there are collegiate clubs that are actually playing um, in this uh, in, in tournaments right now. Shout out to University of Maryland, who actually just won the most recent uh, collegiate cup against Ohio State University. Um, love to see the local guys uh, getting a win. We actually were with them a few months ago, handing out custom uh, co-branded paddles that we did together, and I got to play alongside our pros. So I don't know if it was just both of us putting good energy into the world that created both great runs over the exact same week this last week for both of us, but incredible to see us make a semifinal run and then to go home and go take the championship um, out of that tournament, which actually all ties to um, kind of the Major League Pickleball sister company, which is Duper, um, Dynamic Universal Pickleball Rating. It is the uh, one global rating system across um, all things pickleball. Everybody has a rating when you're playing, and that's how you get to the pro level. Uh, You play in sanctioned tournaments, and your rating goes up and down based on your opponent, based on your results. Those ratings range anywhere from 2.0 to 8.0. For context, the top player in the world, Ben Johns, he got a little bit over 7. So he's kind of set that bar, and that's that's kind of the range and everywhere in between. So um, as we create this infrastructure underneath the pro level, I cannot wait for it to get to that NCAA um, level where there is varsity sport and NCAA. Then you go to the high schools and go to the club levels, and it all kind of supports each other um, from there. So that's in the works. And um, we've seen it before, like we're talking about is the common theme here in other sports. And I think they're going to um, try to grow that in that space very soon. Yeah. We got to gotta find the next Jordan of uh, pickleball, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> that's interesting. Then you start talking about what does that mean for player agents? What does that mean for contracts? Yeah. Where does the money go? Sponsorships, player endorsements. Um, you start to see kind of all of those common themes across other sports and how those then get it thrown into this overall pickleball ecosystem. This thing, like if you look at the model behind this, it looks like it's just primed for just to continued 
growth. Because look, you want what does a sport need for it to gain popularity? A, you need access as a as a child so you can continue playing to groom yourself to become better. And there's accessibility that's like all across. And then you can play this well into a deeper age, so that you know you always have that going for you. So that the consumption around the sport could be great. As far as hey, I'm, a, I'm an older person, I want to buy some merch though. I'm not playing competitively anymore, but you know we like competition, we like accessibility. In America, growing up, we had basketball courts everywhere. We could go to any playground and find a basketball court. Across the world, it's generally what we call soccer, right? Football uh, across the world. They had fields; they would just pull up and play. That's why it's that's the most popular sport elsewhere. Uh, this one is just prime for that. The infrastructure is kind of become it's falling into place, and you're tweaking it, and evolving it to kind of meet the what, where you want it to be, where you are, and where you want it to be, which is awesome. And you have that kind of uh, the freedom to do that right now. So there's the accessibility, the competitive nature of it, right? And then if you, that can blow into this now, it, I'm getting all the like the media rights because I'm, I'm going to bring in what they're doing, like Tiger and all them Tomorrow Sports and TLG, that, uh, sorry TGL. That's a pretty exciting play. And you, you, you both know about the model. It's kind of interesting, but I'll, I'll kind of tether it to that because they are able to take golf, which takes 160, 170 acres, <coughs> and con- condense it down to like 10 acres. You're doing it all indoor arena. You do like, you know, uh, you know, and th- that's what this sport offers. You could prop up anywhere kind of to do it. There's tennis courts, basketball courts, fields, and tennis courts are available everywhere. And you can kind of quickly modify any tennis court into this space. And now they're building specific pickleball, right? front court so you have everything going for you right don't mess this up man i'm just kidding no but you have everything going going exactly. for this to be primed to be like the next huge thing like maybe even get olympic support right that's probably on, on the horizon at some point what kind of money are we talking about so we, we mentioned up top like okay i've seen the price of some of these teams you know it's it's uh, ten, well four or five x from what i've seen uh and that's within less than two years and the popularity is going nuts, right? And that's cool. It's a venture model. And this is after now valuations have come down in other arenas. But in this sports space, sports valuations are going nuts. Everyone wants that media rights deal. We've seen a lot of those propping up because the streamers are getting in. Even a product which is not as great as it used to be. And I love the NBA. But the NBA's peak has been, it was 2014, 15, something like that. And it's been going downhill ever since. But their, their next CBA, they're going to capture a bag because they're streaming play. And, you know, not just the legendary three channels, right? It's going to networks. It's going to be Apple, Amazon. They all want in. I think the, the CBA after that, they might fall off quite a bit because they're going to see the rights are down. Uh, you can see with Tiger Woods that league they're launching, they're making golf accessible to the youth, the younger generation, aside from the legacy consumer making a two-hour game in a prime time slot, Mondays, uh, April, you know, January through April. Uh, and indoors, you, they're wearing mics. They, they're talking smack. Uh, you know, and you get to hear all that. You get to see every player, every shot versus in a typical golf thing. How can we do that here? Meaning, that's a two-hour game. You kind of want, like, two hours is kind of a sweet spot to get media rights. And you're saying each game's around matches around an hour, hour and 15 maybe. So we could spread that out with, like, some periods. Get, get into it. I've been talking for a bit. Get in there, Adam. Tell me tell me how do we can do this. <laughs> no, that's great. No, for sure. Um, you, you made a lot of good points um, and absolutely Olympics, you know, in the future as well. I think um, that naturally comes on the doorstep of the expansion uh, globally, as well as um, the, the players playing uh, at the NCAA level. Um, the media rights are certainly something that we all have our eyes after as this sport continues to grow. Uh, most recently, as of Sunday, um, the, the Super Final with Major League Pickleball was aired on ESPN2, um, was our first major um, ESPN network appearance. Um, that match um, was beautifully produced 
and the San Clemente crowd really came out. It was incredible to see both in person and uh, on the TVs. Um, you had four players on each side playing for um, $240,000 for their team, 60K each. So winners walked away with 60K a piece. <clears throat> The second place team each walked away with 14 uh, k apiece. So both, you know, big wins on either side yeah. um, for both of those. But you can see, you know, what's at stake for the players um, there with the prize purses, and that is, you know, collectively across this six event season, it's a total of five million dollars um, in prize money for the 24 potential, you know, 96 players um, that are in this in this league. And where we're at now, you know, we've had some great opportunities to air on ESPN, on Tennis Channel, um, and of course, always through the the. YouTube streaming services. It's given us a great opportunity to um, test the addressable audiences and in markets and really get a feel for um, who's watching um, and where. And it, it will give us, the, I think, a great uh, set of information to understand what kind of deal we're looking for and who we want to be um, partnered with. And so as we continue to go throughout the year, you'll, you'll continue to see Major League Pickleball on, uh, ESPN, on the ESPNs of the world, the tennis channels of the world, the Madison Square Garden networks of the world, um, and others as, as interest continues to happen and conversations continue to develop. Um, and, you know, I don't know when that deal's officially going to get struck with one uh, of those networks, but um, it's been really nice to be able to test each and every one of those out to figure out who, who might be the best partner um, and continue to put our sport and our um, tournaments in, in the hands of a variety of different audiences. Let me ask you a quick question then around that. So would it be, and you tell me from your vantage point, is it better to sign a longer term media rights deal or would it be better to sign something maybe like a two year so then you can renegotiate once you think, hey, this is going to grow even more? What, what's the best angle on that? Yeah, I think you have different opinions on this. Um, as you know, some people are like, this is the time is now, you know, we're, we're, we're at a point where you can negotiate a crazy good deal. Let's, let's get it done. Um, others are at, are at the point where yo, we have not reached our peak yet. Patience, patience, patience. Let's you know, wait it out a little bit and, and do kind of that year test two two year test or whatever it may be. And of course you have different opinions on both sides, whether it's the network or the actual ownership and the, and the executives here. So um, at this point, I think it's more information, the better. And ultimately um, with the collaborative group that we have across the league, you know, executive table and, and our ownerships um, the collective experience you have across all of the ownership groups ultimately will come to a decision, but um, there's always going to be uh, healthy and, and collective discussion in these major, um, in these major topics and, and these major verticals that are critical to the uh, ongoing growth and the ongoing stability um, of, of our league. And would you look at tennis as being the kind of model as far, or would you like as a, an accessible sport that's kind of similar as far as attract audience attraction, brand endorsement deals, sponsors, or Hey, we think in NBA or NFL is like the golden stand. I love the uh, NFL. That's my favorite sport. That's the one I can watch regularly. So there's not as many games. <laughs> what is the model? Because, yeah. Cause tennis, no, it's interesting because yeah. tennis is skewing younger too. It's skewing younger, but like, so you saw like Djokovic just won the French open. I love, I love that sport as well. Uh, and uh, Nadal's kind of my favorite just because he has that assassin mentality like Jordan, sure. right? You know, I, he's not having fun. He's out there to kill, right, <laughs> and play, which I love that competitive sport. They have fun later in life. They're both – well, Nadal's supposed to be a really nice guy from what I hear. Uh, Jordan was kind of his guy, right? I like that bottom though. But Djokovic is a happy-go-lucky guy but still crushes it on the court, right, which you love. That French Open, I think, had less just a couple million – folks in viewership that could be an american thing hey we haven't had a male or female that's been as prominent in the sport we had william sisters crushing it for a long time back to samperson agassi you know and that's been a long time we need someone to come up on our side 
you're going to have an all U.S. centric sport, which is amazing. At some point, it's going to pick up. You get the brand, the deals. You're going to get European folks like the NBA. Like you know, the best players in the NBA right now are from other countries, not even American born. You yep. could say, and which is cool. I mean, you know, that's, and that shows like, hey, that's you can expand your talent pool, which you know, um, which is great. Are you, is is tennis the model? Because okay. You could say your, your viewership. You shared with us because I remember I, see, I saw one of the matches right before you came on, or right after you came into our class. And then there was one literally like a week or two ago, or, or just I saw it, it was on TV this weekend, right? That's what you're saying. Because I yeah. saw something on somewhere, and I was saw like ten minutes ago. I saw it in passing because we were heading out, but uh, that's dope. So like, what's the viewership roughly? It's I'm sure it's growing as well. And if we could peg that against tennis, which has been around yeah. for decades, right? And then uh, yeah. I think you could beat them. That's <laughs> what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh, it's. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to see the numbers, and they've been very very um, healthy so far. Um, just so, so last year in um, MLP, we had three total events, um, and collectively that was a, a, about a million viewers across all three wow. together. Well, that's um, okay. Just in the first just in the first event this year alone in January, um, we are already forty percent above that, and then the next event in March we saw another uptick. Um, by by another thirty percent, so it's just amazing to see from one event to the other how one event this year outweighs all three collectively or aggregately, um, and then just continue to increase. There's already been you know pickle slam for example, as you saw uh, with Agassi and Roddick and McEnroe and, and uh, Chang. Um, that out uh, the the ratings in that uh, outdid I think thirteen uh, major league sports uh, NHL MLS and MLB had almost seven hundred thousand seven hundred thousand people watching just that two hour um, programming wow. I think you're right that ninety two two hour uh, window is a sweet spot especially as we are skewing younger um, and we are looking at multiple devices at, a, at any given time um, and the fact that the sport is so quick and interesting with the rallies going for major league pickleball it really does set separate it from the rest and we've kind of taken um you know a hodgepodge of the data across all of these sports to understand what that sweet spot is and that's why we have uh, decided to go with the rally scoring because it is so much more engaging as opposed to the traditional scoring which is you have to win your point on your serve um and it can slow down the game there's times where it sides out five different times and no one scored a point in like 15 minutes you know how boring is that um rally scoring every time it matters and it really just increases the pace of play um, and so again, we just we, we are looking at all these, these pieces of information across the sports leagues, and that's how I think we're seeing a lot of success across um, all of our channels right now as, as we continue to put out really interesting, engaging, and fast-paced content. Just a quick note to you, man. You, you explained that the best that I've ever heard anyone explain it. So rally scoring until you get to eighteen or twenty. Up top, you said that you know because usually usually you say hey when people you're explaining volleyball or something to somebody they're like well how do you score in this game you know or like <laughs> so you explain it really well. We appreciate that. Uh, measurement and stats display is like you know it's conducive to highlight reels as exactly as you just pointed out are stats going to be like you know you look at like how many dunks did LeBron get or how many shots did KD hit off or Kyrie's handles what what are you doing there to measure that because that's what you know the, the youth are going to get into the younger generation probably Totally. And that's coming too. You know, that's another thing that right now there's limited stats, but there are people and companies already, again, this is just looking at the, at the ecosystem and jobs that were once non-existent now are created GMs, coaches, agents, yeah. uh, people that are specific to pickleball that once were doing who knows what, um, even with the professional players in, in my role. I mean, these are things that were created over the last year or two years um, to help support the growth of this, this overall ecosystem. And so the statistics side right now is mostly on the duper ratings um, and, and some of the, you know, 
won points versus lost points, the differentials um, of the players and the teams. But I can't wait to get to the point where you're looking at StatCast, for example, of yeah. Major League Pickleball. Some of these males and females, when they're overhead spiking the ball across the net, I mean, that thing has to be flying at, I don't know, what, 70 miles, 80 miles an hour. Yeah. And it looks like I don't know how they get their eyes coordinated enough to hit it back. Um, but when they're fighting back and forth and they're smashing overhead, I am dying to see what the mile per hour is on the exit velocity of, of those awesome. hits um, and swings from some of our players. Matthew, you want to jump in? Sorry, I keep like jumping in. No, it's cool. Um, I just kind of wanted to get a sense, Adam, of like what you do as a COO. Um, do you, are you like more in charge of like the business side, or do you also help like construct the team and the scouting and yeah. all that stuff? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Um, and who knew a year ago there would be a COO of a professional pickleball team? I think if somebody said that was happening, I think you would have had a, a few laughs in the audience. But um, it's a real thing. It's happening, um, and it's a critical role right now for the growth of our sport. Um, it shows that there's investment in the, the personnel um, and the infrastructure and um, the focus needed to grow these teams and these brands. So we get to do a little bit of everything, um, and that ranges from the, the marketing, the social media handles, um, the coordination and communication with our players, how we get them into um, our community events in D.C. specifically, um, hosting camps and clinics and going to some of our local facilities like the folks out in Columbia, Maryland, who hosted us for our first ever team training session, which was amazing, called Dill Dinkers. Um, the most recent facility to open up in D.C. proper, first one of its kind in D.C., 14 new courts called Kraken Courts. Um, we've had our players appear at all of those places and then look, popping up at some of the local rec centers like Turkey Thicket in, in, in D.C. Um, to play alongside of them going to the local schools like Ida B. Wells, a middle school in Northwest DC, where two of our players came in for two hours um, to play with their PE class. And it was uh, one of those events that, you know, really just takes a collective effort from both sides um, at the school, the PE teachers and uh, the principals and whatnot, um, and, and our team and our players to fly in from all over the country to do that. It takes some time, coordination and, and logistics, but we make it work. Um, and then as you look at kind of the overall business from how do we drive revenue to the clubs and the leagues, it's sponsorships, working with potential partners um, at companies to help underwrite some of these events or support uh, the overall team itself. Um, and then ultimately from a player side, um, you sit with our um, kind of consultants. Uh, we have a, a GM right now that looks at and goes to a lot of these tournaments and sees players on a weekly basis to understand who's the next up and coming player that has only 30 days worth of data versus the players that have been playing for a few years that have years worth of data. Um, and how does that then factor into our overall draft decision? Um, do we drop somebody and add this person in thinking that they're the hottest hand in the last 60 days uh, to help make a big splash, which is what we did in this most recent tournament that you know really springboarded uh, us to that semifinal run. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different things that we get our hands involved in on a day-to-day basis. Ultimately, it all comes down to people and the relationships and how we can continue to grow all of it together and help support everyone's cause um, with, with building the, the, the pickleball um, ecosystem. It sounds like it sounds like you do everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly. I love it, man. Mate. It's it's a dream. Yeah. It's a dream job. It, it's exciting. It's, that's awesome. And and then so and let's give some analogies towards. I keep doing this. I'm sorry, man. Tennis. Like I'm. I'm looking. I want to know when it. How far off are we doing? The purse you said generally for win. Uh, when you win is like around two hundred something. You said like for the first place. 240, 250, you said yeah, so if you if you're winning the yeah if you're winning the season long super final each player is taking home sixty thousand dollars. Okay. And then so like and they get prize money and appearance fees every tournament. 
And that's after a league that's a couple years old. Like 2021 was the first major kind of tournament, right? I think in Dallas or Texas somewhere. Uh, and then think about it like t- with <clears throat> tennis, you, to get out of the first round, if you win that first round, it's 100K in your per- in your in your bag, right? And then you catch, obviously, if you get the championship, it's something else. So they're not that far off, like from the first round. I mean, as far as in a, in a very kind of young sport, which is kind of young, organized with infrastructure sport, right? And that's only going to kind of escalate as you, the players you have involved, meaning, you know, and admin players and investors, coaches, all of that. I mean, everyone involved in the ecosystem. This is it's just prime to like crush it. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. That's why I want to have some chats with you as well. So league salaries. When is when's the last? What's how realistically, how far off are we from someone saying, you know what, I don't need to do, I can get out of, I can just drop out of college type of thing. And this is my salary, you know, let's, you know, I can count on 150 to 200 K salary a year for at least a couple of years. Hey, it'd be great if you get a couple of mil, right? But let's, let's go baby steps first. I'm in the, in a, in a newer sport. How far off are we from that? You think? I think we're very close. So for example, um, the two, the top two players in our league right now. One is a 16-year-old female named Annalie Waters. Yeah. Um, she has just gone homeschool style for the, the last several years because she's totally focused on pickleball. Um, and I think she, you know she's making a, a decent amount of money with sponsorships, appearance fees, and all of her winnings throughout the uh, the year. And then Ben Johns, uh, graduate of University of Maryland, um, decided to forego his engineering degree and um, potential career there to put that on hold for pickleball um, because he because he realized there was a lot of potential in it so he's full-time pickleball Um, the more this goes on the more money that gets involved from the direct play enforcements with the paddle deals and the sponsorships directly with them um, as well as playing in these tournaments prize money and appearance fees you're hearing more and more regularly that people are committing to full-time pickleball Um, these folks go on the road on a regular basis to play at all these tournaments um, and, and some are still kind of dual role, whether it's working from home or remote. Some are go, starting to pare that down and go part time. Others are still kind of local at their, whether it's their community uh, country club or the rec center as coaches. And, uh, you know, they get they get in there and, and help with camps and clinics and things like that. So that you've gone from, I'd say, I'm going to throw a number out there. I don't know how accurate this is, so don't quote me on it, anybody. Um, but I'd say of this 96 players that are in Major League Pickleball right now, I'd say over 75, 80% of them are full-time pro pickleball players. Oh, really? Um, and soon that, I think, will cap out of um, very, very soon. And then the last thing I'll say is that we're already talking about what's next. I don't know if this is next year, two years, three years from now, um, but how do we actually start adopting similar sports leagues, um, collective bargaining agreements, long-term contracts, trading, loaning, all that good stuff that you see oh, across yeah. the other uh, sports. So it is on the table. We're talking about it. Um, and we'll see. I, I think it is you know, right around the corner. There's so many positives you've 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 we've already laid, you know thrown out there about the league. You know how you've said it from the ground zero. Like this is what this is where we're going to run our league and what we want to do future wise. What's one more thing that we haven't mentioned that hey you could look at other leagues that they're doing that should be adopted in this league. Uh, one thing that I, I think we should touch on um, based on the, uh, uh, the the tennis topic continuing to come up is just like you see in European soccer. Those guys coming over to the MLS and ending their career in in Major League Soccer, 
we already are seeing pro tennis players retiring out of te- the tennis circuit and coming to pickleball. Our number one draft pick, Sam Query, for example, was former number 11 in the yeah. world in 2018. He took down guys at some point like Nadal and Djokovic yep. and Murray and others, and now he's committed to playing pickleball. Um, he had an incredible tournament, um, this last one in San Clemente. He just lives a few hours uh, north of Nobora Hills, and um, we were even uh, selling query for premier t-shirts where it had pictures of him on it and people in the crowd were, were rocking the t-shirts oh, and awesome. really excited to see this narrative of sam query and his growth from um the start of pickleball his, his career was was non-existent a year ago he just started um and he's decided to take his talents from the town big dude too he's like six he's like what is he six Five, well, he's six, huge, yeah, right? he's a beast. <laughs> a lot of court coverage. Has been and he, he's a chill. He's a chill dude. Uh, from like when I, I remember watching him, he was just like a chill dude on the court too, right? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and so Jack Jack Sock is another one that's starting to make that transition. You've seen others already starting to consider it, and so that's a trend um, that I think will be super interesting to see how the tennis world and pickleball world collide. Um, as Sam was the first through the door, and he's he's holding it wide open for others. That's a great idea. I didn't even think of that. Like how Messi's coming over, right? Beckham did this with LA Galaxy, or get, you know, right? And so at that time, and I said this in the last spot, so I'll get in and out of it quickly. Uh, the, the highest priced team at that time was like 10 mil for an expansion team. And then they made him pay 25 mil for Inter Miami, right? Which is two and a half X that other going rate. You could probably do something like that here. They could, okay, buy the next one for eight to 10 mil and keep driving your valuations up, right? That's how, that's another play. And there's endless supplies. This sounds horrible to say. There's endless supplies of money for this kind of thing if they see they can get a valuation. And it could be run like a, you know, most of these NBA teams even. And, you know, if you own a team, you're losing money every year. But the valuation that keeps creeping up, that's where you make your money. Like like this guy, Jordan, just made a bag on, you know, <laughs> from 275 mil up to like three bill. And he owned like, you know, a big chunk of that. So um, that that's going to be kind of dope. Yeah. What, what is the major valuation driver for you? Is it media rights, merge? What is it? It's probably media rights, right? Yeah, ultimately it's going to be media rights just like in every other sport. Yeah. Um, but right now you're, you're seeing the um, the growth in, in all of those verticals. And then ultimately it's going to be infrastructure and how important that is to, um, I hope one day have a pickleball arena just like you would hockey or NBA. Um, it's an interesting business model because as you're seeing right now, they'll the just rush to build out infrastructure. You're seeing malls being converted into pickleball courts. You're seeing Bed Bath & Beyond's converted to pickleball courts. Um, It's happening everywhere. Um, I think ultimately that business model works because as long as the, you know, the market I think eventually is going to get very, very saturated. Um, But, you know, at some point um, I think you have an interesting conversation because you what build 250, $300 million worth of infrastructure for an MLS soccer stadium or more. Um, How do you program that 365 days a year? It's a very hard code to crack um, because especially if you're building with, with, uh, with grass, I mean, that, that surface can only be used so many times throughout the year. So how are you generating revenue on a regular basis outside of your 20 home matches? Um, that's the question for a lot of us soccer owners and operators. You know, us as a team that's been very familiar in that soccer space, we know what that looks like. But then when you look at a pickleball facility, I don't know, call it 15 or so million dollars to build out um, a pickleball arena that has, call it 12 regular courts and then one center court. That's used on a 365, 24-7 yeah. basis because you have rental, the rental model, you have camps, you have clinics, you have memberships, you have VIP events. That business on its own, it stands alone by itself and is, is, is probably a very good business. Um, and then you add in the cherry on top with your marquee events, with your players, your teams. It's a pro sports arena. 
I think it's really interesting to think about. And um, it's certainly something from a business perspective that a lot are talking about as it is today. Um, and when that makes sense to start putting that investment into it um, as we grow. And then the last thing I'll say on this is that, um, yeah, valuations are critical, of course, in sports. It's, it, it, it's, it's what everybody's in it for um, on the investment side, uh, if you will. Just most recently, I'd say about a month ago, a billionaire investor, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks owner who's selling the stake, uh, Mark Lazary, was, was on record for saying that um, pickleball is going to be the, the, the great multiplier um, across all of the, the sports. It has a lot more upside than others um, and is really one of those investments that he thinks will probably outdo <laughs> any of his other sports investments. That's and, awesome. Uh, I, I'd say that I, I And he, he just he won a championship two years ago with the Bucks, right? So it's kind of dope. And he's a hedge fund guy too as well. That That's awesome. You know, he, they're looking at Matthew Orange's chime because I know I've been going overboard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, he, the cool thing is he's looking at all these things are kind of, if you look at them like startups, but this one has such promise as far as there's so many things in line for it to really thrive. Most startups kind of fail. This one seems like there's such great infrastructure, such great support. You're going to give a couple of legs and a couple of passes, and it's going to be awesome. I, I, you know, so I, I agree with Lazary, Mark, Lazary, Eric. Jump in, uh, Matthew. I keep going here. Um, no, I'm just curious. Like, how far off do you think um, like these teams and the major league pickleball are from like constructing their own arenas? I know there's like high capital costs to uh, acquiring the land, developing the arena itself. Um, is that like a five year plan or even closer? Yeah, um, it's an interesting. It's definitely something that is is in conversation right now. We also have to be cognizant of um, the the markets that we're into. As you can imagine, it's a lot easier to build in Arizona than it is New York City, um, and then everywhere in between. You can kind of scale that out accordingly. So um, we talk about the competition format, what that looks like. Are we going to be um, like a golf or a tennis or a professional lacrosse? Um, like you were mentioning earlier, Mike Rabel, who um, has a great yeah. model there with PLL. Um, the the conversation is is really that you know is that the model that we want to use? Do we kind of track that and head down that path? Is that infrastructure build worth it? Like I just mentioned with the pickleball arenas, and are all of our twenty four teams right now in our markets able to have? kind of a fair shot at building. Um, and if they are not, what does that mean for the schedule? What does that mean for the ownership? Um, who is funding it? Is it on the teams? Is it collectively across the MLP? Um, do we all kind of come in this together with one bucket of infrastructure of funding? And what does that mean for all the team ownerships and the mm-hmm. support? So a lot of factors uh, to certainly figure out. But um, I, you know, personally, I, I hope that that does happen one day. I would love nothing more <laughs> than to see DC Pickleball Team Arena or whatever sponsor name on it in DC where we can be there present. You have then that home uh, training facility. It's built into, you know, minor league pickleball one day, NCAA, and it just starts to look a lot more like um, the NBA or NHL or any of the other sports. He's going to get it slightly bigger. So then Yasser from uh, the Saudi government will come in and buy it out. Just like you're <laughs> and you're set, man. Cause they've got 650 billion in that management group, right? Under management. So, they're prime. They're looking for something, and that this is an easily exportable sport, right? Uh, this could be dope. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna chat. Um, Matthew, you have any other final questions? Uh, um, I think I'm good for now. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Um, Matthew, I have a question for you. Sure uh, thing, man. Turn the table. From the. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the table. Watch out. Um, from the you know graduating perspective of yeah. you know, your, your generation of of students going into mm. this space, you know, one um, thinking about pickleball 
Um, who's talking about it? Who's playing it? Who's looking for jobs in it? What is that uh, perspective from, from your angle? Um, I mean, from my perspective, I just don't really know what's available. Um, I mean, I, my wheelhouse has been like commercial real estate. So that's been what I've been focusing on. Um, but then I kind of dabbled into getting into sports, kind of seeing what's available. I, I just don't really know like um, what kind of specific jobs or, or opportunities are available to me. So it's kind of a, a no, unknown for me at the moment. But I mean, I would love to maybe, uh, I can see like a lot of entrepreneurial opportunities, um, especially like the products, um, like the coaching side of it, scouting. I think there's a lot of potential to kind of be a, like a like a passive investor and entrepreneur. So I can kind of imagine that like as a kind of like a side gig and kind of focus on my, my real estate career in a way. But um, I just, yeah, I just can't really speak to like what, what's available as like a full-time job or as like a career path kind of thing. Do you hear, do you hear like you're going to find the new, uh, the newest and greatest sites. Sorry, come again. Find the, find the vacant malls in the Bed Bath and Beyonds and like uh, where yeah. they build next, you know, what, right. What spaces are about? I, I forgot that they right. called, man. I, I showed up at one with a twenty percent coupon. Like, damn, this thing's already gone. Bed, bed, they're gone. Yeah. So that's perfect that you might be taking those over. Um, are, are your are your classmates like anyone talking about? Hey, let's look at pickleball as an option for maybe employment. Is, I think that was another leg of that question. Um, me personally, no. Um, I think a lot of the guys like in my MBA were like kind of focusing on like finance. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm looking for a like, job in this um, space, man. What's available? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, I there wasn't really much. Um, I mean, like I had, I had guys in the NBA who were kind of like every now and then they look at like sports as like a, apply to like a sports job here and there, but not really like as a focus. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to get into it. That's why I went to that conference. But it's just um, I don't know. I everyone who's been like the recruiters have been reaching out to me or have been all real estate. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like that's, that's my compass for now. And then see if I can kind of um, maybe eventually get into sports, but um, yeah. Um, well, you know, Adam tough. right here, so maybe you make it happen. <laughs> I mean, if you have yeah, something yeah, for me, Adam, yeah. like, I mean, I'm available still. For sure. <laughs> what I, what I love from the entrepreneurial side of the like, students, you know, coming out of college, MBAs, et cetera, there's so many new um, ideas at any given time in this space. And what is going to be that next thing that adds value to the market that hasn't already you know, been made? You obviously see uh, startups happening all the time in any space, but for pickleball specifically, is it going to be on the apparel side? Is it going to be on the paddle side? Is it going to be on the accessories of any and all of those things? The shoes, the laces, the headbands, you know, you name it. What, what is that going to be? Um, the apps like booking courts. How do you like really aggregate all of the potential court availability in your market? Like if I want to go find a court to play in Washington, D.C., where am I going to go to find that? Is it Google? Is it ChatGPT? Is it an app? Like what is it and how do we actually um, – how, how is uh, the, the pickleball craze right now going to affect some of those conversations that That's people awesome. in your position may be actually thinking about right now as to where they're going to put their time, effort, and energy. It's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to be, but I am looking forward to seeing what that next Shark Tank product, if you will, uh, is going to look like for Pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another thing. I Sorry, Athul. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the connections I made in Fordham were like with tech, tech guys, guys in like the business analytics uh, masters, and a lot of them are trying to formulate ideas um, centered around tech and like startups. So I can imagine... 
a mix or intersection with tech um, and pickleball eventually. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I, I like those ideas. Like, even in our final presentation, somewhere like, else is one there. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Adam? <laughs> What were you saying? I said, just give me some royalties one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were looking at, uh, I remember some of these things, their final project is to pitch like company that they're coming up with in the media space yeah. and it, media or sports space. And they all did. And a couple of them, like, you know, even from last year, there's that were really interesting. I'm like execute on it. I'm right here. I'll help you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You just do, do the work, start laying the groundwork to help it. But I mean, there's so many opportunities because it, and this is going to sound like this is going to sound so horrible. It's just so it seems e- there's a lot of hard work involved, but it seems so easy of a blueprint to follow. You know what kind of works in other leagues and what doesn't work, and then and you're doing everything kind of right up up the gamut. It's just getting them and unlocking them to get that true value, unlocking the value for the whole chain, right? Of so I'm interested. Two things, all right. Then I'm going to ask you. We, we have to have a follow up. Uh, this whole thing kept getting delayed because of me, my schedule. I get it. Uh, that's on me. I wanted to do this two months ago. I was chatting with both these gentlemen, so that's on me. Where can we watch it? I know CBS had rights for the most part, uh, you know, and but then it is kind of getting played on other, like you said, MSG Network and all of these. So where can we generally watch it? Where can we find out when the matches are on the calendar? Is it – go. <laughs> you tell us. Totally. Yeah, so you're going to see these players that are in Major League Pickleball playing on a regular basis with them there like on a weekly, bi-weekly basis and the APP or the PPA tournaments, which um, all go through their streams, whether that's through their YouTube channels um, or CBS's tennis channels and uh, ESPN's of the world. Major League Pickleball, the next three events, September 21st through 24th in Atlanta. Um, we have the next one in, in, in Palm Springs um, in November, early November, 2nd through the 5th. And then the final one of the years in December, right back at San Clemente, where we were um, just this last week to close out the season. And all of those will be uh, streamed on the respective stations that um, I've mentioned, as well as the the MLP YouTube stream. But you can follow Major League Pickleball for all the latest and greatest. Of course, DC Pickleball team, our content pages are always uh, buzzing with the latest and greatest information. Um, And most recently, that a really exciting thing that everybody should look out for um, on July 12th in person and streamed on the social channels um, is the Major League Pickleball draft um, in at Woman Rink in Central Park. So there's going to be four new players drafted to each team, um, and that's going to be a really exciting moment for a lot of these players and the teams as we look to the second half. Of this is, is live in Central Park July 12th? That is correct. Oh, yeah. well, we, so we can just pop in. Yeah, how, yes. how do we get in? Do we have to know you, or do I have to know you? I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to do. There's, a, there's a website, I believe. Just go to the web page uh, website and just sign up. Exactly. Just, oh, dope! I'm gonna check this yeah. out. Yeah, it's gotta be uh, no, just, just, just say, just say, you know, Adam with DC pickleball team, and then come cheers. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, um, that's awesome, man. All right, I know we've been running longer here. I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, let's jump into your. If, unless there's any final thoughts on pickleball, we should do this again because this is great. I think it's very informative for a lot our billions and billions of listeners. 19 billion listeners as of last week. Uh, <laughs> might be a little bullshit there, uh, but you know so. Love, love this is an awesome conversation it was as good as we did last time and and jump into unless there's a final thought you have on pickleball jump into the whiskey of the day your particular whiskey and willow jane is what you said adam i have tried willow jane i misheard you earlier i've tried it but um either one of you jump first either you matthew straight from the bottle before you pass out or since we're the rest of us are doing by, by glass what <laughs> you you both jump. tell us your story around it and whoever wants to go first and why it's meaning, meaningful to you. Yeah. It could be your first girl that you hung out. I don't know, whatever it is. 
Uh, for me, for me, it's a it's a Brooklyn focused thing. Brooklyn has a near dear place to my heart. Um, I just moved to Brooklyn about a year ago, or just earlier in the year. Nice. Um, met a beautiful lady, wonderful uh, girlfriend of mine, Allie, uh, who and I have spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. Uh, whiskey is near and dear to my heart, thanks to my twin brother, um, who collects it, who is a whiskey connoisseur, um, has taught me anything, everything I know about whiskey. You so, yes. two of my favorite people in my life, my twin brother and my girlfriend Allie, um, representing whiskey and across in, in Brooklyn here. So it's uh, it's delicious, tasty, and just as awesome as uh, the two of my favorite people in my world. I, m- I remember you t- mentioned your brother. Now we should have him on the pod with you sometime, man. Because like that's a perfect conversation. A B. What is your girlfriend's association with whiskey again? Uh, she's just you know in it to win it with me. You know she just she's a, a long for the ride. You know now that. She's in the family. Okay, okay. It's, a, it's like a prerequisite to, okay, to join the Banky clan. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, dude. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, let's get him on because I remember you said that during class time after we got off the yeah, after you got off stage. Basically, we talked about totally. that. Your brother would be perfect, man. Um, awesome, Matthew. What's your story? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm not the biggest whiskey drinker. Um, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> no. Nah, after this podcast, like, count me in. I love it. I'll, I'm gonna probably start my collection after this. <laughs> but um, no, I'm a, honestly, I'm kind of boring. I like, I like beer. You know, All I right. like kind of the baseball or NBA game. I'm just like, I enjoy like a Coors Light kind of thing. Um, or I'll have a whiskey sour. Um, you know, things of like a cocktail more often than not. Yeah, I, but sorry, kind of boring. No, cool. In the bottle, you said it was gifted to you. So, is there a special story around? This that? was a gift. Okay. Um, just one of my close friends in New York. Nice. Um, That's g- great. Gave it to me for my graduation. So. That's awesome. Yeah, lined up, lined up perfectly with the. Uh, That's, 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 That's a good friend. That's a good bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I'm. T- no, no, no turning back from here. I literally hand out whiskey bottles to friends like they're like business cards now because like there's a you know like depend and it's not like old echelon like if I'm, there's someone I'm dear dear friends with, I'll give them like a better bottle like there's one that's a Koval which is literally like a fifty dollar bottle from Chicago where I'm from it's and I, it's I've mentioned the podcast a lot and it has like a vanilla oat taste I'll I'll get you one if you guys have you tried it Koval K O V A L you have tried it Adam indeed yes you like it. Good. Because like the oat, like there's there's like five different. There's a multigrain, there's whatever. This the oat one is the best because it has like a vanilla esque flavor. I love vanilla esque flavored. Uh, that that kind of hint to that vanilla in my whiskeys. I just love it. Um, and it's a good. It's so smooth. It's an easy one. So like a. I don't drink daily, but it's a daily pour. If you if you did have that kind of problem, <laughs> but you know, just, but cool. Shit, you should know. Let's get into that. Um, what are, is a piece of content you'd recommend? Can't be pickleball. Let's. I'll do pickleball because uh, you know anything that you're watching, reading, looking at an organization you want people to endorse, whatever it is. Uh, give it to us. Um, I can go first. I'll go, I'll go quick. Um, reading kind of boring. I've been preparing for these interviews, so the book I'm reading is the Insider's Insider's Edge to Real Estate Investing. Sweet. It's been kind of preparing preparing me for the interviews and kind of more of the technical questions. Um, Watching, I was obsessed with Succession, um, but that that's all over with. So I got into Ted Lasso, which is has been a lighter watch, and it's more related to the sports. I can, I don't know, I can. It's kind of slapsticky, but I feel like it's also kind of realistic at the same time. So it's been a good, lighthearted watch. Um, I uh, in terms of podcasts, I watched it. I watched JJ Reddick's podcast quite a bit. Oh, yeah, Huberman Lab. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. 
um, PBD podcast. Those are more for like the business um, side of things. And then discovering CRE, which is aligned with all the interviews that I've been doing. So yeah, that's pretty much that's it. Awesome, man. Ask for one, you get the whole like <laughs> scroll up, scroll up a list. Yeah. I'm kidding. Man. Oh I man, it. it's awesome. <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta yeah, be. That's great. That's oh. a really good list. Strong list. Um, Adam, go for it. I love the balance there, Matthew. You got it all going on. It's good to diversify. Uh, I dig yeah. it. I dig yeah. it. Yes. Trying, Obviously, besides DC Pickleball team and the uh, facilities that are opening in Washington, D.C. with Cracking Courts and Dill Dinkers, those are uh, all pickleball-focused. Um, of course, that's that's a no-brainer. But um, something on the personal side that I think is really critical to everybody's joy and happiness and positivity in life is just self-growth uh, and improvement, uh, being the best versions of ourselves. Um, I've really enjoyed reading this author called Young Pueblo. Um, he has a few different books that have come out most recently, uh, Lighter. Um, it's one of those books that helps you really kind of self-center and take some time to reflect on your day-to-day, your own individual being, and just being the best version of yourself. I think it's critical for all of us to be happy with our own individual souls um, as that comes right back into the earth and uh, uh, to all the people that we see on a, on a regular basis. So I've found a lot of um, enjoyment in, in that as it's helped me along the way with all of my personal relationships and uh, business ventures. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's really critical to just be good people. Um, and I think good people ultimately find uh, similar folks and are like-minded and, and it ends up having a really positive result on, on their day-to-days and ultimately creating kind of um, this overall um, positive movement for your business, your, your, your personality and everybody around you. So um, I really enjoyed it, suggest it, and uh, I'm going to continue going down that path. Dude, I Sorry, what was it again, Adip? Can you repeat that? I'm going to write, write it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After he does this nice, beautiful... <laughs> Go for it. Uh, they got the, just look up the was, author, Young Pueblo, Y-U-N-G, and then Pueblo. Young, Young Pueblo. Pueblo. Oh, yeah. That was a nice gotcha. message, though, man. I, I appreciate that because uh, I think it's incredibly important, especially with people like starting off, crushing it in their careers. Wherever you are on that whole spectrum, you need balance, right? And um, I, I appreciate that. that. That's great. I'm learning more about that. I'm not even going to try to follow and all the brilliance that you both just brought up. Uh, I usually mention something every week, but you know, I'm going to take a week and talk about – let's support this group support everything that you know adam's you know, the league is doing i just love it I'm, I'm learning more and more about it all the time and yes you're right you hear about it everywhere and i love it and but getting back to your point adam it's awesome because I, I you know we, we talked about this played a lot ton of sports growing up bodies banged up so i do hit training still i'm addicted to it a little bit uh and but then meditation and kind of some yoga stuff kind of calms me down a little bit because Matthew knows he spent 15 weeks with me. I'm a hyper dude. <laughs> kind of, I don't mean to be intense, but I joke around, but I'm hyper. Uh, I go, I, I'm all over the place. But um, but it's all I love. I'm just kidding. But, but, you know, that grounds me quite a bit and just being your best self and it helps you be your best self. The only, only thing I can add to that is getting, I have to get better sleep. I think I'd be better for everyone around me and myself. Always you know, better. You know, better sleep. That's I'm not good at that yet. Um, that is great. But check out Pickleball. Uh, Major League Pickleball, you go know, .com, I guess, is where you can get a lot of the information, right? Is that true, Adam? And then all those, I want to check out July 12th. I'm definitely going to check it out if I'm in town. And I want to hit up Atlanta or Palm Springs. That sounds exciting as hell. <laughs> so in November, it might be a good time to be down on Palm Springs. It might be kind of chill, a little bit not too humid hot. So it could be good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come through in Atlanta. We're trying to get a big crowd out there. Um, if, if you're supporting DC Pickleball okay. team, expect uh, a hat and a T-shirt on us. We're going to try to... Fill it up um, with the black and gold. I'm in. September 21st, 25th. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put those in our show notes. I, the dates you gave me. You said September 21st, 24th. That's Atlanta, Palm Springs, November 2nd to 5th. 
It's actually it's actually in December, the seventh to eleventh. But thank you both. This has been awesome, Matthew. Thanks for bringing uh, Adam into our into the fam, man. That was great. Uh, he was of awesome. Of course. And uh, my pleasure. Continue success to both of you. We're gonna keep this going, man. Adam, you're coming back with your brother. Uh, so that's a perfect conversation for this pod. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so. All right. Talk to you soon, Joe.